Flick Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you this morning. Is Roe v. Wade about to be overturned? We're going to have a conversation with 40 Days for Life, Sean Carney, on our program today at 15 past this hour. The largest 40 Days for Life campaign ever is launched just, uh, I think, a few days ago, last week. So uh, Sean's going to be on with us. We're going to catch up on the campaign, but we're going to talk about some of these big pro-life stories like the uh, the Mississippi case going to the Supreme Court. Is that going to change everything? There's a lot of other stories in the news in relation to uh, the issue over abortion we're going to conversate about as well. Coming up 15 past. At 35 past, we're going to have another conversation about homeschooling. You know, it's doubled in the last year and a half. Doubled. Nearly 2.6 million children in just the last year and a half have have moved into homeschooling. What are the dangers of that kind of rapid growth? And uh, what's uh, ahead, especially by way of uh, of states sort of uh, putting pressure upon homeschooling families? We're going to have a conversation with Rosalio Riley from Aquinas and Classical Education at 35 past the hour about that. So it's going to be a jam-packed show. Also, you know, I was pretty, um, pretty upset yesterday. I've been following this story, as you probably know if you listen to this show very closely, that to date... The only person in the military to be held accountable after the Afghan withdrawal debacle has been Lieutenant Colonel Schiller. And he is now in the brig because he criticized his commanding officers about their involvement in the withdrawal that led to the, the, uh, to the loss of lives and the loss of billions of dollars of equipment and Americans being trapped in that country and people falling off of aircraft in the middle of the sky. I mean, it's just an insane story. And he is the only one to be held accountable. He has, uh, he's facing court martial. He's been put in the brig. And it's a story that really, really gets under my skin. So I might be conversating about that maybe further in the after show. We'll have to see. Thousands have been fired, uh, for not getting the, the required medical procedure. All across our country. It's just, it's an insane time we live in, to be sure. But we have a lot to conversate about today and get caught up. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Uh, The stories uh, coming out of the news today, they do not, uh, they they aren't boring, let's just say. Yeah, definitely. It's a very uh, diverse news. (laughs) A lot of good headlines today. There's a, I think it's a Chinese proverb, something like, uh, may you live in interesting times. Well, you can check that box. Yes. We we live in it. Even Cardinal Seurat has has, uh, criticized his fellow bishops, saying they're more concerned with health than they are with the salvation of souls. Let that sink in. Mm. Mm. Speaking of being very concerned, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. And I, too, am worried about my salvation. Very, <laughs> very, very worried. So, <laughs> then you're the only one. Well, that, 
vouch. I, I'm please pray for me because Joe and Janice are obviously not praying for me. So. That's true. <laughs> so please, please pray for me. That's true. That's true. Well, anyway, praise be to God. We're going to have a great show. Good morning to you, Jesus Robles, uh, our friend of the show. It's good to uh, see you hanging out with us so early in the morning. Um, I think the good Lord is telling me you should return a phone call. I'm just saying, Jesus. I'm just saying. Uh, but thank you to everybody who's watching live on the video stream this morning. We'll have a great after show for you today, so please be sure to hang out. In the meantime, if you are watching on a uh, live video feed, make sure to subscribe, like, and share. That helps us. If you're hanging out with us on the radio, either Station of the Cross or the Guadalupe Radio Network, be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you're on the email list of your local Catholic radio station and support that station. It really makes a big difference, especially in a digital age where censorship is a real problem. It would be incredible for you to support your local Catholic radio station. All right, praise be to God. We have a lot to jump into today. By the way, I think it's Michaelmas today, right? Yes, sir, it is. Uh, so there you go, the Feast of the Archangels today. Uh, praise be to God. So we'll, we'll do the uh, St. Michael prayer, I think, in lieu of the Memorari just for today. Later today, I'll be on with uh, Abby Johnson. I'll be on her podcast. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure if it's going to go out live or if they're going to record it and place it. I will let you know either way. But so much to talk to talk about today in our program. Let's get started with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle be our protection against the malice and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, President Joe Biden assured reporters that after ne nearly two years of job-killing and liberty-squelching lockdowns, restrictions, and mandates, Americans can look forward to a return to normal. But only if nearly 100% of them have submitted to the COVID vaccine. The president argued that a quarter of the country can't go unvaccinated and us not have a problem with this. Also from LifeSite News, nearly 500,000 Medicare patients have died soon after getting the COVID vaccine. A whistleblower has provided government data documenting at least 48,000 deaths within the 14 days of COVID-19 vaccination among Medicare patients alone, according to the medical freedom rights attorney Thomas Renz. The announcement Saturday was made by the Ohio-based attorney who remains involved in several major cases brought against federal agencies relating to fraud and violations of medical freedom rights. The Chinese State Council announced a new guideline early this week amid reducing abortions sought for non-medical reasons. The latest move by the authoritarian regime is to try to reverse the population crisis triggered by its own history of population control. The Guardian reports that the, new, the news came in the government's latest outline for women's development in China, which did not specifically define non-medical reasons or elaborate on how these guidelines will be enforced, but did claim that they could help prevent unwanted pregnancies and encourage men to share responsibilities in doing so. Also from LifeSite News, 
Bishop Joseph Strickland joined several Catholics and non-Catholics in a brief to the Supreme Court outlining how abortion in the United States has historically been tied to eugenics. Their goal was to show their support for the Mississippi's abortion ban and overturning Roe v. Wade. This came as the Supreme Court is set to hear in early December. The Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case, which concerns Mississippi's legislation banning abortions past 15 weeks for nearly any reason. From Blaze News, after a Virginia mother exposed pedophilia last week in a pair of books from her child's high school library, and even read explicit passages to the school board, the district pulled the books from the circulation until a committee can decide their final fate. Fairfax County Public Schools will create two committees consisting of staff members, students and parents, which the district's library services service coordinator will lead to examine the sustainability of both texts for inclusion in high school libraries. Patch reported Patch reported citing a district spokesperson. Also from Blaze News, a hospital system based in North Carolina on Monday fired nearly 175 unvaccinated workers who have refused to comply with the company's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Megan Rivers, a spokeswoman for the hospital, tweeted Tuesday that about 175 workers across 15 hospitals and 800 clinics were dismissed, while the vast majority of the organization's more than 35,000 employees were compliant with the vaccine policy. And lastly, from Blaze News, former President Barack Obama, who routinely pushed for open borders and immigration policies during his time in office, acknowledged recently that such idea is unsustainable. Obama made the statement while commenting on the Biden administration's ongoing immigration crisis as the U.S. southern border during an interview with ABC's Good Good Morning America, which aired Tuesday this past week in his interview, former President President Obama commented on the following, quote, immigration is tough. It always has been. On the one hand, I think we are naturally a people that want to help others. And we see tragedy and hardship in families that are desperately trying to get here so that their kids are safe. But there are in some cases, cases fleeing violence or catastrophe as not being sustainable, end quote. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Wednesday. Before we do uh, the Saint of the Day, real quick, St. Michael's Feast Day is today. Today used to be in the 18th century, a holy day of obligation. So have a little celebration today for St. Michael and maybe make it to Mass if you can. Uh, the Saint of the Day is a great, another French saint, Blessed Jean de Montmiral. He was born in 1165. It was a French nobility born to Andrew, Lord of Montmiral, and, and Ferte Gaucher, and Hilderod de Oisi. He was trained in religion by his mother and secular science by his schools. He became a soldier and friend of Philip Augustus and later the King of France. He married Helvid and the father of several children. He spent time in the French court leading a dissolute life. At the age of 30, he met Jobert, prior of St. Etienne de Montmorel, whose intervention and counsel caused his conversion. John built a hospital with special facilities for lepers. 
he cared for the poor, practiced self-imposed austerities, and spent whole nights in prayer. He finally obtained his wife's permission to enter religious life. He provided for her and the children and gave the remainder of his wealth to the poor and became a Cistercian monk at Long Point Abbey. There he gave himself so wholly to prayer and penance that he had to be reprimanded for going to excess in his self-imposed austerities. He was harassed and insulted by relatives and former friends. Pope Leo XIII granted a special office in his honor for the Diocese of Sussens. He died on the 29th of September 1217 at Longport Abbey of Natural Causes. Miracles were reported at his tomb, which soon became a pilgrimage site. Uh, Blessed Jean de Montmirail, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 47 through 51. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom points out how Jesus basically acknowledges Nathanael being well-read in the Scripture, seeing all of the typological references in the Old Testament pointing to the coming of the Messiah or the Christ. The key is David, of course. I mean, uh, Jesus comes from a town called Nazareth, which literally means branch town. So there's the obvious connection there in the mind of Nathaniel. But that fig tree is really also the key. I mean, not only was he pondering the prophecies of the coming of Messiah through the line of David or the the branch of David. Uh, well, St. Augustine says this, Has the fig tree any meaning? We read of one fig tree which was cursed because it had only leaves and no fruit. Again, at the creation, Adam and Eve, after sinning, made themselves aprons of fig leaves. Fig leaves then signify sin. And Nathaniel, when he was under the fig tree, was under the shadow of death, so that our Lord seemeth to say, O Israel, whoever of you is without guile, O people of the Jewish faith, before that I call thee by my apostles, when thou wert as yet under the shadow of death, and sawest me not, I saw thee. Jesus sees us in our sin. It is up to us, through his beckoning, through his grace and his mercy, for us to cleave unto him, to run to him, to beg for his mercy. Let us not sit in our sin and dwell there, but let us flee and run as fast as possible to reconciliation. Amen. We're going to go be right back. Sean Carney's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We are killing unborn children by the millions. But how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Praise be to God. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Rosario Riley, Aquinas, and classical education about homeschooling. There is a, an article out this morning that uh, homeschooling has basically doubled in the last year and a half. So it's kind of a big deal because growth that fast, that can't be good, number one. But number two, um, how stable are these uh, homeschooling situations? What are the states uh, going to be putting pressure on these homeschooling families? Because as more people go that way, there's going to be more regulation, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of conversations there. But plus, how do you choose uh, a good homeschool curriculum? Can anybody just do this? Rosario O'Reilly is going to be our guest uh, coming up pretty uh, about 35 past the hour. So right now we're, uh, we're working on getting uh, Sean Carney on uh, from 40 Days for Life to get us, give us an update on the largest campaign ever to uh, launch in 40 Days for Life. Praise be to God. So we're going to get that update in just one moment. There are several stories in the headlines about um, about the pro-life, pro-abortion uh, debate that rages in our country. And uh, right now there's an article out on the, on the Hill, federal judge blocks part of Arizona abortion ban hours before it takes place. This seems to be a very common thing. Um, Adrian, were we able to get uh, Sean on? No, it seems that his uh, his phone might be off or on Do Not Disturb, so we don't have him on just yet. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask Sean to uh, set his phone up, and if you could try to call him back, that'd be great. We, we're going to try to get him on. Um, so the federal judge blocks a part of a, a Arizona abortion ban hours before it takes effect. The article goes, a federal judge on Tuesday temporarily blocked a provision of Arizona's new abortion ban hours before it was set to take effect, which would have prohibited abortions solely due to the diagnosis of a genetic abnormality or other fetal condition. In the order granting a partial preliminary injunction against the law, Judge Douglas Reyes uh, for the U.S. District Court of the District of Arizona wrote that because doctors are required to inform patients of this provision, those who wish to, quote, terminate her 
pre-viability pregnancy because of fetal genetic abnormality, unquote, may inevitably, quote, conceal this information from or lie to her doctor, neither of which fosters trust or encourages open dialogue, unquote. Uh, Reyes added that, quote, Arizona's more abstract concern with how the public might perceive the medical profession does not outweigh the concrete damage uh, that the provision would do to the doctor-patient relationship. I wonder if that's really what's at stake there. I'm not so, not so sure. Sean Carney, are you with us? I am here. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive and that counts. Yes. Um, um, put me on the list of people that are glad you're alive. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, there's one. Hey, now, <laughs> praise be to Jesus. Now, Sean Carney's president of 40 Days for Life, the largest campaign ever, I'm told, uh, in 40 Days for Life history. Is that is that the case? Yeah, 612 cities, um, which is which is great, and I think a response of, of a lot of the craziness that we see going on. Wow, praise be to God. What about internationally? Yeah, we'll have, uh, we have you know, 200 campaigns just in Latin America. Most of our growth uh, the last two or three years has been uh, in Latin America where the United States, we've exported abortion through our, our corporations and, and government, um, but they don't resent us for it. They they knock on our door and they, they ask us for the solution. So it, it's a, we have a great relationship with Latin America uh, as, as far as the pro-life movement goes for sure. Wow. Um, so what, is, what would be your reaction then to the Supreme Court of Mexico legalizing abortion in several states there? They're trying, you know, it was just uh, legal in the federal, the federal district. Um, and, and now they're trying to expand it. Um, it shows that they're unfortunately trying to be like the rest of the West, which <laughs> is to sort of out secularize one another yeah. and, and renounce their, their Catholic heritage even more. And, and adopt abortion. Ireland's done it. Argentina's done it. And now we see Mexico doing it. And it, you know, we, we have a huge presence in Mexico. We have an employee in Mexico. And, uh, it, it is so sad to see. I think particularly as, as a Catholic, you know, th- this is, this is what they have. They have this rich, um, Catholic heritage, which they have fought for. And they are trying uh, to to throw it away through their um, what's often a corrupt government. Sean Carney, President of 40 Days for Life, is our guest right now. Um, I also see a headline this morning out of the National Post, El Salvador women march against abortion laws amid planned Latin America-wide protests. Do you see, like, the dominoes falling throughout the Catholic Latin America for abortion? No, actually. I mean, not, not consistently. It, it, it's not as simple as that. I mean, you know, we, they love children. They love family. Um, many of them, particularly the women, love the faith and, and, and have devotion to uh, Our Lady. And so I don't see it as something that just sweeps across and, and everybody just sort of falls in line. I mean, we have campaigns throughout Latin America, our most persecuted campaigns. We have two in Venezuela. You know, I mean, try leading a 40 days for life in Venezuela. Um, it, you know, they they do stand up for life. So I'm a little bit more optimistic um, for for Latin America. And the reason is because it's an outside force. I mean, in the United States, as Lincoln predicted, um, you know, it, it's not a foreign enemy. Our, our, our enemy will be from within. 
And, and we've definitely done that in the culture war in the United States. But, but in Latin America, it's, it's us and the Brits going in. Uh, Planned Parenthood is throughout Latin America. They call themselves pro-familia. And telling people the most condescending thing you can tell them, which is you ought not breed. And we've told them that, you know, they need to be on contraception. They need to have abortion if they truly want to be uh, civilized, whatever that means. And, um, and, and overall, they have rejected it. But it, but it has been forced on them um, from Marie Stopes, the abortion industry in England, and from Planned Parenthood in the United States. And so, um, you know, if it were from within, that's a, that's a totally different story. But, but overall, it's still kind of a foreign enemy, if you will, in their culture war. Pro familia. That's what Planned Parenthood's called in Latin America. The, the irony of that is, guy, is, is yeah. thick. And, it's very thick. Yeah. It, and the guy, like, that's very creative for Planned Parenthood, the guy in the meeting that came up with that, right. you know. And uh, so. What should we call ourselves? I don't know. How about pro familia? Why we kill their children? Okay. <laughs> Next topic. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it's like uh, Biden calling. He, he's pro Taliban anyway. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about America for a moment. Do you think we are on the cusp of Roe v. Wade being overturned? That Mississippi case is going to the Supreme Court. Uh, what do you think the chances are? <laughs> I've, I've talked to a lot of the guys that are working on this and, and, uh, it's a good question. Um, we should be we, Roe v. Wade should be overturned and it should be overturned. Um, not just because I think so, or, or we think so, but, but it's bad law. Uh, as Ginsburg said, um, Sandra Day O'Connor, who was very pro-abortion said that Roe v. Wade is on a collision course with itself because of science and the rapid development of approving um, the pro-life point that life begins at conception. Um, the Dobbs case is perfect for it uh, without getting into all the nitty gritty, but it is perfect for overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, the judge who wrote the dissent uh, set up the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade when he laid out every moral, philosophical, and scientific argument of why Roe v. Wade should be overturned, uh, Judge Ho. And it, it's, it's set there. So with all that said, yes, it should be overturned. Yes, as optimistic Americans, we should expect it to be overturned. Um, but this is the NFL draft. As we've said so so often, we don't know what the Supreme Court justices are going to do. I know um, that many of the people involved in the case feel obviously uh, great about Alito and Thomas and even Gorsuch, which is which is good. I think Gorsuch ended up being far more conservative and pro-life than, than people thought than when he was appointed. Um, but they don't know what Amy Coney Barrett's going to do. They don't know what Kavanaugh's going to do. And there's a very likelihood that they could sort of chop up Roe v. Wade, um, uh, but not completely overturn it. What I don't think will happen, which is, which would be the worst thing, is that they completely upheld it. I mean, if they completely upheld Roe, then we're in, we're in big, big trouble. But I don't think that will happen, uh, or they wouldn't have taken the case. So, mm. uh, so we will see. They're going to hear it on December 1st, and then it'll be announced in January. We'll certainly be, uh, we're, we're holding a prayer vigil outside of the Supreme Court during that time. Um, but we do need to be praying, and we need to be praying for these justices. And, and I've talked to a lot of lawyers who have, who have 
uh, argued multiple cases before the Supreme Court. And sadly, many of them say the same thing, which is we all want to say they go into a room and they close the blinds and they just make a decision, interpret the Constitution, but they don't. Their greatest fear is making a decision at 10 a.m. and seeing it on the news at 6 p.m. Um, <laughs> and that has, as we've seen with Obamacare, with gay marriage, that has impacted uh, the culture. And uh, so we do need to pray, and your prayers and your voices uh, matter. We're talking with Sean Carney, a president of 40 Days for Life. Hopefully, dear listener, you are signed up for the 40 Days for Life campaign near you. Make sure you go to their website and uh, and find out, or go to your parish and ask about when they're covering the 40 Days for Life. Um, China has announced plans to reduce abortions to deal with population crisis. Uh, it seems like the uh, the chickens have come home to roost there in their uh, in their demographic winter is, is upon them. Are is is the West is America looking at the same thing if it doesn't reverse course soon? That's a great question, Joe. Good job. Hey. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Even a blind dog so finds a pebble China. once in a while. That's you were up early this morning. That's right. Um, so, uh, yes, you know, no one talks about this. China, and it's hard to say this without sounding like a smart aleck, but China realized that if you abort all of your children, you won't have any. Right. So they they reversed their one child policy, and because what was happening is. Everybody had one child, and of course, they wanted a boy, so 85% of the girls in China were aborted. Mm. And so the feminist rights, uh, you know, that sort of backfired. So everybody's aborting their little girls. You end up with a country with all males, uh, very dangerous in China for a woman. And so they reversed it, and they allowed you to have two children. Well, now they're getting to the point as Putin did a few years ago, Putin started giving tax breaks for people having children, which they've done in Italy and Germany and other places where they're essentially contracepting themselves out of existence. Hungary, I think, um, recently also did the same thing. Yeah. So, so now China's taking these steps. The reason I say that this sounds so insane is because when you step back, we're doing the opposite. We have half of our politicians advocating that we deny health care to a baby who survives an abortion the same time when China is basically coming up with their version of pro-life law. That's insane. So, yeah. <laughs> when China's leading the pro-life cause, there's big problems. <laughs> Real Not big good. problems. Sean Carney, 40 Days for Life. Thank you for your time today. God bless you. God love you. And have a great day. We're going to be right back. More breaking news is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Kevin Drive Time. We'll be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. As moms and dads, we're pulled in many directions. Our world is frantic and sometimes chaotic. We parents need to take a pause. Take some time away to become more intentional in our Catholic family life. We suggest a tool that we call the Family Board Meeting. This meeting's a time for you and your spouse to affirm each other in your giftedness, cast a vision framing what you want your family to look like, and then set concrete goals to make that vision a reality. More than ever, our world needs dynamic Catholic families. That only happens when parents are intentional about building a Catholic family culture within their home. Take time to build a culture that is stronger and more influential on your children than the culture of the world that surrounds them. To help you run this board meeting, we've created a tool for you. A download at our website, MessyFamilyProject.org. Get the worksheet and then work with your spouse to be more intentional in your family life. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice, and these are your headline news for today. From Catholic Vote, President Biden is expected to meet Pope Francis at the end of October. It will be Biden's first official visit to the Vatican since his inauguration. Another independent source told CNA that the preparations were underway as the U.S. Embassy to the Holy See and the first load of trucks and equipment for the visit were already on their way to Rome. From Catholic Vote, Senator Bernie Sanders urged federal liberals to tank Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill if, Na- if Speaker Nancy Pelosi brings it up for a vote on Thursday, unless she also holds a vote at the same time for the $3.5 trillion social spending bill. Political pundits said Sanders move to threw a wrench into the con- congressional infrastructure negotiations. Also from Catholic Vote, Republican Representative Bob Good of Virginia will put forward a bill that would target the teaching of critical race theory by making the propagations of such concepts as federally funded schools at civil right vi- as a civil rights violation. According to Fox News, Representative Bob commented, quote, We are introducing a bill that will make it its civil rights violation to teach critical race theory or anything resembling it by any other name in our school, end quote. A report from the progressive publication Vox denounced the rhetoric of defund the police slogan popularized by the left-wing politician leaders, including New York's representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Last year, the U.S. murder rate spiked by almost 30%, wrote Vox German Lopez. The 2020 increase alone is the largest percentage increase ever recorded in, in America. How to answer the surge, one may ask. One approach has good evidence behind it. The police, Lopez responded, there is solid evidence that more police officers and certain police strategies reduce crime and violence. From Catholic Vote, during the Virginia gubernatorial debate, Democrat Terry McAlfee disagreed with Republican Glenn Youngkin's assertion that parents should be more involved in what their local school is teaching for their children. Quote, he stated, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach, replied McAuliffe. I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out to make their own decisions. McAuliffe made the remarks in response to Youngkin's argument that parents should be more involved in the decision of local school districts. And lastly, from Catholic News Agency, a new decree from Vatican Secretary at the State, Cardinal Pietro Parolin, announced that personnel without personnel without the required COVID-19 documents will not be allowed to come to work and will also receive no further pay. 
Perlin wrote the decree in reference to an earlier announcement of restrictions including the establishment of a green card requirement for entry into the Vatican State. Personnel with green passes may, as an alternative, present a certificate of negative testing issued in Italy, but they may they may they must pass the test for themselves. And lastly, the U.S. Border Patrol agents have been notified by the Biden administration that they may they must be fully vaccinated by November 22nd or will face termination. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Wednesday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janice, for keeping us up to date. I want to cover a story while I have an opportunity here, uh, and it's one that I've been following closely. Having served in the U.S. Marine Corps, I, I tend to pay attention to the news when it comes to the military, things like that. So you might recall, we covered this already a few times, I think, but in the withdrawal from Afghanistan, um, there was only one person in the military who has been held accountable to date. This was a lieutenant colonel. He was a battalion commander, 17 years in the Marine Corps, and he posted a video on YouTube. Now, he was in uniform, um, and in the video, he basically, with some respect, I would argue, he criticized the leadership decisions of those in the military command who were uh, responsible or part responsible for the withdrawal and the, the terrible reality that became the withdrawal from Afghanistan. He was relieved of command and they were in the process of trying to court-martial him. I saw a second video from him uh, because I connected to him on LinkedIn. And in the second video, he basically laid it out. He even said, listen, if I had to do this over again, I don't know that I would do this again because the pressure, the the intensity, the spotlight is, is pretty, pretty uh, hot, let's just say. Well, the reality is they have now they were going to court martial him. They gave him a deal if he resigned, you know, his commission, he said no more. He went away quietly into the night, then maybe just maybe they'll let him they'll let him go. Well, he he doubled down. And he he said, "Listen, out of a sense of accountability, out of a sense of in- integrity, the commanding general needs to be held accountable." for these failures, these strategic failures in leadership. And so in the second video went out, and it didn't help his case at all. In fact, now they've put him in the brig. So to date, he is the only person in the military to be held accountable for the Afghan withdrawal. And he's now in the brig. This is an article, and I'm uh, Adrian, I'm sharing my desktop right now. This is an article out of Fox News. Headline goes like this. Outspoken Marine officer who went viral blasting military leaders over Afghanistan is jailed. Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller rose to Internet stardom by posting video slamming U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Schiller, the officer who went viral blasting military's leadership amid the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, has been sent to the brig, according to the report. Quote, And this is his father speaking, quote, all our son did is ask the questions that everybody was asking themselves, but they were too scared to speak out loud. Scheller's father, uh, Stu Scheller, senior, told Task and Purpose. He goes on to say, quote, he was asking for accountability. In fact, I think he even asked for an apology that we made mistakes, but they couldn't do that, which is mind blowing. 
unquote. Scheller first rose to internet stardom by posting a video to Facebook blasting military leaders for the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, questioning their command decisions on the events leading up to and during the final evacuation effort. Scheller would go on to release several more videos uh, generating praise and controversy while drawing the ire of military leadership. Eventually, he was told by superiors to stop posting to social media altogether, an order he immediately ignored by posting about the gag order. Now, let me interrupt here and say this. So I connected to him, Colonel Schiller, on LinkedIn, and he accepted my request, and, and I sent him some messages, and I said, listen, if and when you're ever re- ready to speak publicly, I'd be happy to have you on the program. It'd be an honor, to which he did not respond. Um, and my guess is, since I haven't seen him on any media outlet, he's probably realizing that these videos, <laughs> this communication is, is drawing incredible pressure upon him, as is obviously the case. The article goes on to say, the officer also seemingly realized that uh, last post could result in his trip to the brig. Quote, what happens when all you do is speak truth and no one wants to hear it? But they can probably stop listening because I'm crazy, right? Scheller wrote at the end of the post. Colonel Emil, uh, please have the MPs waiting for me at 0800 on Monday. I'm ready for jail, unquote. Scheller is, quote, currently in pretrial confinement, unquote, a spokesman for training and education command said of the officer's status. Quote, the time, date, and location of the proceedings have not been determined. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller will be afforded all due process, unquote, the statement continued. But the elder Scheller defended his son, arguing that he was only asking for, quote, accountability, unquote, for the military's top brass. Now, here's what kills me about this. Just yesterday, up on the hill, we see these very same commanding generals and the, uh, the Secretary of Defense being questioned, right? They admit that they uh, gave uh, their advice to the president to keep troops in the country. And that was ignored. They were asked, I think it was what at least 10 days after the fall of, of Kabul for their advice. 10 whole days. And prior to that, they didn't offer their advice to the president. It is very alarming to me to see such catastrophic failures And the only guy held accountable is the guy who says you need to be accountable. Because why? Because the private Lance Corporal Corporal Sergeant who dares break the slightest uh, rule gets court-martialed or office hours and the full weight of the Uniform Code of Military Justice slammed on them. While generals get to walk away probably with their pensions. And the reputations fully intact with no consequence to action. It is completely uh, upside down. It is completely upside down. Where is the leadership by example in that? Where is the, uh, where is the integrity in that story? It is very concerning to, I, I know, to me and to all who have served our country, especially those combat veterans. So let's continue to pray for Stuart Scheller, his family which is now in a very uncertain future. We're going to be continuing to keep them in our prayer, but let's pray for all those that were affected by the debacle of the Afghan withdrawal, to include the locals. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back and cover some more What's Concerning Us stories. It's all coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Have a drive time. Headed your way.
Economists often argue they don't need to give reasons for their position because they simply lack a belief in God, the assumption being theists alone have the burden of proof. But is this rational? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Atheism can't simply be a lack of belief. Dogs lack belief in God, but that doesn't make dogs atheists. Atheism makes a claim about the world, namely, God doesn't exist. As such, atheists, along with theists, must shoulder the burden of proof. Even if an atheist says he simply hasn't found any good evidence for God, he would still have to prove why the evidence theists give for God is not good evidence. No matter how an atheist looks at it, he can't sit the sidelines when it comes to defending his position on the question of God's existence. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. There is uh, a couple of more stories I want to jump into while we still have time. There is a macabre story. I mean, like, dark. Uh, I saw it this morning out of uh, the Blaze Media. Man confesses to three human sacrifices. <laughs> I almost don't even want to read the rest of the headline. It's, uh, it's so dark. You know, and the reason why I even bring this up is because... We live in a very interesting times, in, to, to put it mildly. Yesterday, there was the headline, of the update about the parents in California fighting their own school board because they've imposed Aztec prayers uh, with the children there. They didn't ask permission. They didn't say, hey, parents, what do you think? Wouldn't this be you know, great to do culturally to include pagan prayers to demons that included human sacrifice? I mean, it's utterly insane to me. And I can tell you, um, this story sort of reminded me of the times that we live in, that this becomes more frequent. I mean, think about it. Go look right now. I, I'm about to celebrate 21 years of marriage tomorrow. And I was thinking, what can we do? What can my wife and I go do during the middle of the week to celebrate our anniversary? So I thought, let's go look at a movie. And I looked up every movie that's available near us, and it's horrible. Horror film after horror film after crazy, insane thing. I mean, these are the times. Man confesses to three human sacrifices found dismembered in burning dumpster and adds two other murders, police say. Now, I don't want to really read this to you because of how dark it is, but let me just summarize this for you. This is up in the Fort Worth, Texas area. This gentleman uh, kept a hotel room here, and over the course of a week... He committed these, these heinous, horrific crimes. He took the remains uh, after having uh, dismembered the persons and placed them in a dumpster and let, set the dumpster on fire. But there's, there's video. He turns himself in and says to the police that these were human sacrifices. Now, the article doesn't actually give us more details about human sacrifices for what? To what? What's your religion? What, are your, what do you mean by that? Like, it doesn't really get into that in this article. 
which I find very uh, fascinating that they would leave those pertinent details out. I wonder if there's more to the story here. You know, we've had in the past talked to, uh, uh, I had a U- former U.S. Marshal on the program. In fact, I've got his little sheet with me sitting right here next to me. And this former U.S. Marshal, Robert Almonte, we should get him back. He's an expert on uh, Santa Muerte and the occult practices of the cartels that are a major, major component to the corrupt life uh, of these organizations. And yesterday I saw an interview with uh, a man by the name of Ed Calderon, who is former uh, Federale. He was on the Drug and Cartel Task Force, and he quit because... Things were getting too heated, and he didn't want to be murdered. And he talks about Santa Muerte and the occult, the death cult worship within that community, even in the government itself, not in the military and the police force, not just in the cartels. And I wonder if there's not a link in that story. The death cult and that is pervading our society and our communities around us. Very concerning story to me. Let's transition. There's another story. That is very concerning to me. Uh, this comes out of LifeSite News. By the way, John Henry Weston has asked for prayers for his daughter. He is the editor-in-chief uh, over at LifeSite News. His daughter's got some medical issues. Please do keep her in your prayers. That would be amazing. Praise be to God. LifeSite News. The article, the headline goes, Traditional Carmelites in Pennsylvania announce apostolic visitation. Uh, Janice has covered this in her news here. Um, but here's a little bit of the story. The beautiful Carmelite Monastery in Fairfield, Pennsylvania, with some 25 nuns dedicated to the traditional form of the Roman Rite, have received notice that an apostolic visitation will take place September the 25th through the 28th. The Carmelites have sent out a press release and are asking for prayers and vigils since such a visitation, which includes interviews of each sister and detailed scrutiny of their lives, is a, quote, stressful trial, unquote, in the words of the press release. The Carmel of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, is served by a hermit, Father Maximilian Mary Dean, who had earlier been a Franciscan friar of the Immaculate. The Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate, an international order dedicated to the spirituality of St. Maximilian Kolbe, had undergone a visitation early on in Pope Francis's papacy with the very negative effects on the order. And therein lies the key, right there. Um, I, I, I got a book by Henry Sear called The Dictator Pope. And in that book, I, th- I want to say it's chapter 5. He details the actual visitation that, that took place on the, the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate and the subsequent essentially destruction of the order that was massive. I mean, they had like 700 uh, uh, brothers that were also uh, friars, priests. Some of them were just friars and not priests. Um, they had many postulants. I mean, it's insane. They were growing leaps and bounds. They were uh, doing uh, incredible things. And now, have you heard of them in a while? Many of them left. Many of them were not even given dispensations to leave because uh, the, uh, the authorities placed over them just wouldn't give those dispensations. After they decimated the order, they simply walked away. It is a, a, a tragedy to hear the story of what happened there. And so these poor Carmelites, the discalced Carmelites, by the way, which means they have no shoes, they wear sandals, um, 
they're this is what they're fearing. This is exactly what they're thinking is, oh, wow, our, uh, the hermit that helps uh, you know provide the sacraments for them, he just went through this, and now they're about to go through it too. It is a very real concern. The article goes on to say, due to an increase of vocations, the Carmel of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph purchased land in 2013 with the blessing of their local bishop, Bishop Ronald Gaynor of the Harrisburg Diocese, and moved to the new property in 2018. As the Carmelites characterize their community on their website, quote, the primary mission of the Carmelite order is to pray and offer oblation for the church and the world. The use of the extraordinary form of the Mass and divine office sets this monastery apart, and their observance of the rule and constitutions is part of an unbroken tradition stretching back from Mexico to Spain to Mount Carmel itself in the Holy Land, unquote. The Carmelites continue, quote, steeped in the, in the rich tradition of their heritage, these discalced Carmelites in the rural fa- uh, farmlands of Pennsylvania live out the centuries-old rule of their holy founders, St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, completely in communion with the Roman Catholic Church and under the approval of the diocesan bishop of Harrisburg, the nuns trace their roots back to 16th century Spain and the 17th century Mexico. They are one of six other traditional foundations from the Carmel in Valparaiso, Nebraska. Did I say that correctly? Valparaiso. I guess that's right. Valparaiso, Nebraska. Uh, These nuns are in the middle of a large building project, quote, seeking to recreate the beauty of the monasteries of old, unquote. LifeSite has heard from numerous Catholic lay people who travel from afar to visit the monastery and profit from the beauty and deep spirituality of these nuns. The nuns now ask that the faithful hold prayer vigils throughout the entire time of the apostolic visitation. LifeSite has not yet learned more about the reason for the visitation, and they will update when more is known. <clears throat> you know, just looking at the picture here of the location and the building project, I'm immediately reminded of the uh, of the Port Claire Monastery out in Hansville, Alabama, Mother Angelica's monastery, and how incredibly epic it is in the rolling hills of Alabama. So this is the rolling hills of Pennsylvania, and there's going to be a similar effect here if they can get it built, if they can even get it done. Uh, with Mother Angelica, it's like you're in the middle of the of the the country farmland. Alabama, and then you, you turn left down the road or right down the road, depending on which direction you're coming from, and then all of a sudden you hit the white picket fences and the in the pasture land and the trees, and then then it opens up and you see this incredible Italian monastery plopped in the middle of Alabama, and your mind is just totally blown away of how incredible and epic, uh, in proportion, in size, and in grandeur that monastery is, and how it has an effect, which is why, by the way. Mother Angelica, before she passed, ensured that a a museum to the Holy Eucharist was established. Cardinal Burke came and uh, and and blessed it on its opening day. And the reason why she built that a museum to the Lamb of God, museum to the Holy Eucharist, to the sacrament, was because she had tremendous amounts of non-Catholics showing up, and they she wanted to educate them to the beauty and grandeur, to the truth of the Church's teaching. And that is the power of the good, the true, and the beautiful. It reaches the hearts of all peoples, not some peoples. The hardened heart can be loosened and softened 
with the good, the true, and the beautiful, which is why this Carmelite order is decide, has decided that this is their charism, the discalced community dedicated to the tradition and patrimony of Holy Mother Church, to the beautiful liturgies handed on from one generation after another for more than a thousand years, because it speaks to the hardened heart, even to people who have no understanding of it. It speaks volumes. And they are very concerned, even though they're in full communion with their local bishop and have his approval and his permission. They are very concerned about this visitation. What does that say? Now, Adrian, uh, we've been trying to get Henry Sierra on. How's that coming? Yes, uh, we'll have Henry Sierra on on Tuesday. Or Henry uh, Sierra, I think is what we say. On, uh, I think, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And so we will probably play that at a later date. But we will interview him on next Tuesday about this topic. So we might actually do a longer interview, and uh, we'll put the longer interview online and release uh, 20, 30 minutes of it on our show. Uh, that probably will be something we do. But that'll be next Tuesday to talk about this exact issue. Because this, this is a serious problem. And rumor is, uh, this is just a rumor, I have no confirmation, is that there was also an apostolic visitation being scheduled with the FSSP coming up fairly soon. So... Mm, a trend? Of, Are we seeing a trend mm -hmm. here? Hmm, let's pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. All right, that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time today. If you are at all able to join us in the next hour, we would love to have you. Our fear and trembling game show is coming up, and prizes are at stake, and you could win. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt to watch live and hang out with us and find all the radio stations that carry us live. Praise be to God. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Share us with a friend. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend asked me why Catholics have crucifixes in our churches. Don't we believe Jesus has risen? Why do we keep him on the cross? Well, first of all, you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified. Why does Paul preach Christ crucified? Doesn't he know Jesus has been raised from the dead? Well, of course he does. But he knows that it is through the power of the crucified Christ on the cross that the bonds of sin and death are broken. As he says in verse 24, Christ crucified is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Again, didn't Paul know that Jesus had risen from the dead? Well, of course he did. Paul preaches Christ crucified because an empty cross has no power. The cross that bears the beaten, battered, and bloodied body of Jesus Christ, however, that cross is the power of God. So we keep Jesus on the cross because we, too, preach Christ crucified. And the crucifix reminds us not only of God's power, but also his love for us, giving his only begotten son up for death and suffering. Also, here in this life, we do not share so much in the glory of the resurrection as we do in the suffering of Jesus on the cross. After all, we must take up our cross daily if we are to follow Jesus, as it says in Luke 9, verse 
verse 23. And we must die with Christ in order to live with him, as Romans 6, 8 tells us. Where did Christ die? On the cross. One other passage to keep in mind is Galatians 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Did you catch that? Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as being crucified. Sounds kind of like they may have been looking at a crucifix, doesn't it? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 15 past, the game show is on the agenda. So we're going to play Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show where prizes are involved. You could win. And that's a pretty cool prize this week. I think it's like a $45 value prize. And all you'd have to do is be our contestant on the phone. Be the first caller when I give you the phone number. And uh, you'll have your chance. And today, I want to say today's questions are definitely not all that hard. Okay, so but you don't have to know them anyway to win the game. You could still win and not know a single one, praise be to God. All you got to do is be the caller. So here's the deal. I'll give out the phone number at 15 past. But if you'd like to stack the deck in your favor, call a little bit early. You could do that. Everything is on the website. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And you can click the link for the Fear and Trembling Game Show, and it'll take you down where the phone number is. And by the way, while you're there, sign them to the email list. We have our text list. We have our podcasts. We post content uh, video interviews that we've done in the past. They're, they're all there. Plus, our sponsors are there, and a lot more is there. So you can find tons of information on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. By the way, let me thank everybody who's downloaded the mobile app and is listening by the mobile app. Praise be to God. We're very grateful to you for doing that. That's amazing. You can also listen to our podcast right through our app available in the iOS and the Android app store. So check that out. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, Hopefully the news this hour is more upbeat and inspirational because the last hour was just depressing to me. Yes, definitely. I have some good... uh uh, happier news on the other happy side news. of the hour. Happy news. Like yes. chocolate is in great abundance and available <laughs> to all. Yeah. Well, like, n- not like chocolate, uh, mm-hmm, not not mm-hmm. that type of happy news. More it's, just like a... It's a vegetable. <laughs> we should be mandating this. If you're going to mandate anything, it should be chocolate, I would argue. Yeah, we should be mandating healthier, yes. healthier habits. <laughs> yes, like a pound of dark chocolate every day per citizen. 
Mm, yes. That sounds good. Doesn't I love chocolate. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I have chocolate nuts here. <laughs> I love chocolate. Uh, speaking of nutty, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Well, good praise to be, be to God. I'm glad to hear that. I do not have chocolate next to me. That is um, a sad story. If anyone wants to pass me any chocolate or <laughs> send some chocolate, uh, away. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in need of chocolate. I was told by Joe that we are going to be given some mm-hmm. chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mm-hmm. a, I think he said it was a human right. Yes, um, I did. That we have <laughs> a right. That. To you chocolate, do. and I don't see liberty, I'm the looking, pursuit of happiness, and chocolate. <laughs> it's there in the over document. To the left, over to the right. I'm yeah. not seeing any chocolate. Um, uh, well, there was a supply chain problem. It may or may not have been consumed prior to arriving at your desk. I'm pretty sure the uh, <laughs> right to chocolate falls under pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. I am fairly certain that's right there. It's a, it's in are the you, it's in the penumbra penumbra uh, of the Constitution. Are you a are you a dark chocolate or a milk chocolate kind of oh, person? Oh, milk chocolate, easy. I'm definitely Janice? milk chocolate. You're a milk chocolate. Yeah. Uh, I'm dark chocolate. Oh well, then you can't have. It's my good for the heart. It's good for the I heart. Have. I was gonna, I was gonna share with you, yeah. but you yeah. don't like, you don't like yeah. milk chocolate. So. No, no, milk <laughs> chocolate is better. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's also better no. for you. No, it has more sugar. Dark chocolate and therefore better is for you. definitely better for you. It's good for the heart. Making things up again. (laughs) Okay. Hey, it's Mass today. Praise be to God. uh, Feast day of St. Michael the Archangel. As well as, isn't it also uh, the other archangels? Uh, in the sure. in the traditional calendar, it is just the feast of Saint Michael. In the new calendar, it is Saint Michael and all the angels. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so praise be to God. It's uh, the feast of Saints Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and archangels, according to USCCB's website. But we're gonna we're gonna throw a different. Now, why do we throw a different um, uh, saint at you, uh, Adrian? Why do we do that? Uh, because you want to see me attempt to pronounce French names uh, <laughs> very poorly. Of the pursuit of happiness. Listening to you try to attempt some of these difficult uh, names and locations is quite entertaining. But it's to share the uh, saint obscurity. You know, there's so many saints that you've never even heard of. So using the more obvious ones, well, you already know that and you could look them up. But sharing a saint that you've never heard of, that's kind of cool. We like that here. Praise be to God. But so what we're going to do is we're going to jump into prayer. We're going to uh, do the good news. We're going to have saint of the day, gospel of the day. If we can get a little reflection in, we will. And then, of course, we play our fear and trembling game show. And then in the second half of the hour, we're going to do an after show hanging out with you, the audience, on our live video feed, and you get to drive the conversation. Whatever you want to talk about, that's the agenda. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, now the good news with Janice Valenzuela. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From Epic Times, the, a cancer-stricken pregnant mom opts to have her leg amputated to save her unborn baby. Despite a pregnant mother's leg being amputated, amputated the young mother of 28 years old chose to save her unborn baby when she was diagnosed with cancer. Praise God. From Epic Times, a former Atlanta police officer decided to hang up his badge 
after seeing so many children fall through the cracks of the system. He said they deserve a second chance. Instead, he decided to leave his career as a policeman to open his own Christian school for young boys who are raised in disadvantaged communities within the Atlanta area. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis's March visit with Grand Ayatollah, a prominent Shiite Muslim cleric, has already helped to foster some peace in Iraq, but religious and political leaders must continue to invest in dialogue if the meeting is to produce long-term positive effects, panelists said in a live stream discussion this past week. Also from Catholic News Agency, Catholic Social Services of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia is once again helping make foster care placements. Following the legal settlements with the city to cap a year-long court battle, the Supreme Court in June ruled in favor of Catholic Social Services and its lawsuit against the city. In the major religious freedom case of Fulton City, Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, the agency and two foster moms working with it had 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 asked that the city that violated religious freedom when in 2018 it stopped contracting the agency due to its religious stance on marriage. The city handles all foster care placements and contracts with various agencies. Following the ruling, the Catholic Social Services reached a settlement with the city and once again was able to open up their doors for foster children. Praise God. From Catholic News Agency, Michael P. Warson, Chief Executive Officer of EWTN, Father Francis Hoffman, Chief Executive Officer of Relevant Radio, and Tim Bush, Chief Executive of Napa Institute, had announced a joint effort to pray and promote the Daily Rosary during the month of October for the end of legal abortions in America and an outpouring of support for expecting mothers. With the Supreme Court of the United States taking up the Dobbs case in December, that could lead to an overturning Roe versus Wade. The justices will need to the grace of wisdom and courage to confront the issues honestly. Warsaw, Hoffman and Bush hope many other Catholic organizations will join this effort by praying and promoting the Daily Rosary in October. Also from Catholic News Agency, the Canadian bishops are aiming to raise $30 million over the next five years to support the indigenous people of the country, including survivors of residential schools, the bishops of Canada as a tangible expression of their commitment to walk with the indigenous people of this land along with the Pathway of Hope, are making a nationwide collective financial commitment to support healing and reconciliation initiatives. And lastly, from Catholic News Agency, American priest, an American priest who was a, a prisoner of war in Korea and who remains were missing for seven years now has been identified and has remained sent to Kansas for burial. EWTN will be covering his mass of Christian burial on Wednesday morning. The remains of Servant of God, Father Emil Capone, returned to his hometown in Pilsen, Kansas on Saturday. A private service will be held on his hometown uh, to celebrate his life. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Wednesday.
The saint of the day is Saint, or blessed rather, blessed Jean de Montmiral. He was born in 1165 to French nobility. He was born to Andrew, Lord of Montmiral and Ferrette, Gaucher and Hildurad de Oise. He was trained in religion by his mother and secular science by his schools. His soldier, he became a soldier and friend of Philip Augustus, who later became the King of France. He married Hilvide, Hil, Hilvide and was the father of several children. He spent time in the French court leading a dissolute life. And at the age of 30, he met Jobert, the prior of Saint-Étienne de Montmiral, whose intervention and counsel caused his conversion. John built a hospital with special facilities for lepers and cared for the poor, and he practiced self-imposed austerities and spent whole nights in prayer. He finally obtained his wife's permission to enter religious life. He provided for her and the children and gave the remainder of his wealth to the poor and became a Cistercian monk at Long Point Abbey. There he gave himself so wholly to prayer and penance that he had to be reprimanded for going to excess in his self-imposed austerities. He was harassed and insulted by relatives and former friends. Pope Leo XIII granted a special office in his honor for the Diocese of Sessons. He died on the 29th of September 1217 at Long Point Abbey of Natural Causes, and miracles were, were reported at his tomb, which soon became a pilgrimage site. Blessed Jean de Montmiral, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 47 through 51. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen. I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I loved what St. Augustine had to say about that fig tree last hour. Uh, but uh, it's the imagery of Jacob's ladder from Genesis 28:17 that is uh, referenced here by our Lord in this particular passage in that last sentence. You might recall the vision of Jacob seeing a, uh, a ladder where angels were ascending and descending. What is the implication here? Well, Jesus is the place where heaven touches down on earth. Jesus is the place where he is the true house of God, the temple that will be rebuilt in three days. Jesus is the mediator through whom the angels exercise their ministry. Pretty powerful. Adrian, what did you find? Yes. Uh, one thing that I thought was kind of funny is uh, when our Lord turns to him, I, obviously our Lord probably wasn't delivering us in this way, but he said, uh, <laughs> he said, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? He's like, man, if that impressed you, oh, just you wait. Uh, obviously, I don't think our Lord was making that kind of reference, but it, I did find that it funny. It is funny. No uh, but uh, our Cornelius Lapide, he's pointing out here that our Lord here, these like the miracles that he performs in this life are nothing in comparison to the miracles that we, that the miracle of salvation that he's going to show. Corinthians Lapide says, Jesus answered greater things, the greater mysteries of my doctrine 
my life, my passion, my resurrection, by which thou shalt know not only that I am the king and Lord of Israel, because he is the secular king of the world, but of the whole universe and of heaven and of the angels. So recognize that today. Think about the fact that our Lord, he has rights over the world. Like whenever we see uh, unjust laws being placed around the world, recognize that our rulers, our presidents, our senators, our kings, our princes, they are uh, below the true king of our nation, of our city, of our state, of our world, of our universe, who is Christ the King. And that's why the uh, Cristeros would shout repeatedly, Viva Cristo Rey. Amen. Viva Cristo Rey. Praise be to God. Viva. All right. So here's the deal. It is time for us to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, when we would love to have you as our contestant. So would you make that phone call right now? Pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Three questions. You don't have to know the answers to still win, uh, but the opportunity is still great to win the prize at 877-757-9424. Call now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Here at is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, 
Joe McClain. 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open. If you have not played before, this could be a great opportunity because if you literally called right this instant, there's no one to compete with at 877-757-9424. The phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now to be our contestant uh, for Fear and Trembling, 877-757-9424. Let me tell you how this works. So I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand here. Uh, But here's the kicker. I do not ask you... I do not ask you, the caller, uh, these questions. And so you don't need to know. You could not know a single one and still win our game. And the reason why is because I will instead ask Janice, and I will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who is right? Who is wrong? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Praise be to God. Uh, but here's the kicker. I, there's a, I have a secret agenda, okay? I don't like to tell people this. I kind of keep it on the down low. But if you promise to keep this between us, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you didn't know before. That's kind of cool. Praise God. We like to have fun, and our callers tend to be really good sports. They laugh with us. We have a great time. We really enjoy that. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means everybody wins in the end. God is so good. Uh, But here's the deal. Uh, If you call now at 877-757-9424, you might be able to get to be the contestant and win this week's prize. And Janice, what could they win? This week, we have an amazing sponsor called Handmade Wooden. Uh, they create handmade wooden crucifix, Daybreak Watchman. Daybreak Watchman is giving us a five-hook rosary plaque that is worth $45. You can use this plaque to display your rosaries. Or if you have a lot of rosaries or a lot of you, you pray a family rosary every night, this is a great addition to your home altar. Uh, they specialize in creating domestic church uh, relics, items that you can use for your domestic church home altar. Uh, again, Daybreak Watchmen. Go check out their website. They have amazing, amazing uh, woodwork that they they they, they specialize Praise in. Praise be to God. Well, mm-hmm. thank you very much, Daybreak Watchmen, for generously uh, providing us the prize this week to give away. And thank you to everybody who just called in. Uh, God is so very good. I love seeing the phone lines light up like that, especially when they're working. That's amazing. Uh, but let's go to the phones. Uh, good morning to you, Cindy. Thank you for being on our show. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. Where are you from? Um, I live in Louisville, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Louisville, Texas. I have been there on a number of occasions. God is good. Now, where do you go to church? I go to St. Catherine of Siena in Carrollton. St. Catherine of Siena in Carrollton. Wonderful. Pop quiz. Oh, whose feast day is it today? Um, I believe it is... <laughs> wait, what day is today? It's St. Francis' feast day, isn't it? Uh... uh is it too early to ring the buzzer? You're, you're uh, close. You're it's St. Michael. St. Michael. St. Michael. It's St. Michael and the Archangels today. But uh, that don't worry. That did not count. It doesn't count against you. Don't you worry. Now, have you listened to the show? Have, have you listened to the show before, Cindy? I have. So you know how this works, right? I do. And now, a last pop quiz before we start our game. Uh, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? What's your preference, Cindy? Dark 
chocolate. <laughs> I love it. Duh. I mean, of course Duh. it is. Praise be to God. <laughs> I can tell already you're going to be a, a great contestant, Cindy. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Let's do this. We will go to Janice, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Janice, <laughs> which sacrament takes away original sin? Oh, that would be reconciliation. Reconciliation. It takes away our sins, all of our sins. Original sins? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's like confession, you're saying? Yeah. It t- okay. Confession takes away mm-hmm. original, mortal, venial, all the sins. Okay. Okay. Makes us clean again. Interesting. Uh, let's just mm-hmm. get a second opinion here. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me which sacrament takes away original sin? Yes. That would be the sinner's prayer. The s- you s- recite the sinner's prayer and you are forgiven of your sins. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say it's the sinner's prayer? The sinner's prayer. Okay. Uh, that's funny and all, but I ca- let's try it again. Which which sacrament takes away original sin? That'd be baptism. All right. Praise be to God. I was going to say the sinner's prayer. Really? <clears throat> Sorry. I've been listening to a lot of Protestant stuff recently. Is that why? I, I'm starting to connect the dots. One saved, but that's saved, not right? right. It's reconciliation. You think so? Okay. Yes. All right, Cindy. Let me, let me summarize for you before the uh, heated debate breaks out here on the team. Uh, Janice seems to think it's confession or reconciliation, whereas Adrian says it's baptism that takes away original sin, and certainly not the sinner's prayer. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Cindy, what say you? I am going to have to go with Adrian, although he scared me with that sinner's prayer thing. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> One ought to exercise great caution when it comes to uh, Mr. Fonseca. I would agree. I would agree. But you are, in fact, right. Congratulations. Baptism is the, re- is the correct answer. Original sin is washed away in baptism. Praise be to God. You're in the cup, Cindy, but let's see if we can't double your chances. And I guarantee that even if this question sounds tricky you have heard this a bunch of times before uh let's go to adrian Uh oh adrian what is the name of the first ecumenical council convened by constantine the great or as some in the east would say saint constantine uh let's see there really has only been like one council so that would be the uh, the second vatican council uh, Second Vatican Council. Yeah, mm. it is the Magisterium. That's um, only. There's only been one. Uh huh. So what about the First Vatican Council? What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, okay. Let's just let's just see what Janice has to say here. Uh, Janice, can you tell me what is the name of the first ecumenical council convened by Constantine the Great? Oh, Constantine the Great. He was known for the Council of Nicaea. Interesting. Sounds made up. <laughs> uh, I seem to recall uh, St. Nicholas punching a heretic there or something. I can't remember. Uh, all right, so here's the deal, Cindy. Uh, Santa Claus wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't know what Santa Claus you were talking to. Anyway, uh, Cindy, here's the deal. Janice says it's the Council of Nicaea, whereas Adrian says it's Vatican II. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who's obvious? Cindy, what say you? It's kind of obvious unless Constantine can travel in time. Oh, well, you never know. (laughs) Well, I guess you didn't. (laughs) 
<laughs> Cindy, did you know that the Eastern Orthodox considered Constantine a saint? Um, I'm not sure I knew that, but um, that's a good thing to be known as a saint. It seems odd for a guy who had his family members murdered. However, he was baptized on his deathbed, which washes away all sin, including original. So, there you go. Praise yeah, be to God. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you're in for two. I think we can get you triple today. Uh, maybe we'll see. I I think you can get this one. I, I honestly, the hardest one. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think so. I think this one would be. I don't know. Let's just see. Janice, can mm-hmm. you tell me? Oh, <laughs> wow! Do, do, do I even bother to ask the no, question? She, she just gets it right on that. <laughs> now that you've just given it away, do I just do I just skip? I mean, like, what's the deal there? All right, Janice, uh, we got to hurry now. What? famous German Catholic composer composed the Ninth Symphony and the Holy Mass in D. That would be Ludwig von Beethoven. Ludwig von Beethoven. Sounds reasonable. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what famous German Catholic composer composed the Ninth Symphony and the Mass in D? Johann Sebastian Bach. Hmm, now there, that, 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 hmm, okay, so here's the deal, Cindy, we gotta be quick here. Adrian says it's Bach, Janice says it's Beethoven, 15 seconds on the clock, what say you? I'm gonna go with Janice. Survey says... Ah, oh, she did, see, I was predicting the future. <laughs> I knew I it, that was easy, right, Cindy? Easy. Yeah, <laughs> Sebastian Bach actually composed the Mass in B minor, whereas Ludwig von Beethoven produced the Mass in D. Ouch. Yeah, there you go. So tricky, so tricky, Adrian. Awkward. Oh, tr- tricky, Adrian. Well, congratulations. Perfect score nonetheless, Cindy. You're in for three. Uh, we're very grateful that you were on our program today. Have a great day. God bless you. God love you. But we're going to put you on hold so we get your phone number. But thank you again. Thank you, and God bless you all. Have a great day. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. If you are at all able to hang out with us for the after show, we will be live on the video feed, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, on our website, also on odyssey.com. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT for all the links. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round of Catholic Drive Time. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Fascinating fact, true story. I have uh, been blessed to have been to Salzburg. To have said the sinner's prayer? <laughs> well, yes, I have said that, actually. That's huh. true. I have, I, I've been led to the sinner's prayer wow. in my... As a teenager, that's it. We'll, we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> that's a funny story, actually. Uh, no, I have been to Salzburg, and uh, I've been through the birth home of a famous composer, and it included all kinds of artifacts, like, for instance, a lock of, of his hair. Uh, can you think of another fascinating composer 
uh, who um, I, it should be obvious. I want. I'm, I'm just curious. I wonder if anybody can guess what composer from Salzburg that I have been to. Do 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 do. Go ahead. I'll wait. You guys. You guys comment. Let us know. Let us know if you know. Um. While we wait for people to guess <laughs> who like, uh, what like, composer, I, they're like, I have nothing to go on. Yeah, well, <laughs> while people wait for Hair uh, <laughs> Salzburg composer, boy, that's I, awfully specific. Considering uh, like Salzburg is like uh, Salzburg back in the day is like Nashville today. Nashville wow. being like the music center of America, and uh, and or everybody the country music center of America. Well, not just that, uh, many other genres as well. Really? Yeah, Nashville's huge. It's because of the recording studios there, the publishing houses are there. So there's a lot of people who move to Nashville. Uh, country started it, but I think it's grown beyond that in many ways. So uh, you know, Salzburg is is not specific enough. So I guess I'll give you the answer because I don't see anybody biting on it. Not not even a guess. Um, let's see. Well, I'm, real, I'm checking yeah, real no, quick no while guesses. they do that. Sienna says Adrian would have been wrong with the sinner's prayer. That is correct. I would have been wrong. And uh, Genevieve, her birthday's tomorrow, so happy birthday tomorrow, Genevieve. Hey, we'll we'll say I'll say a prayer for you, and uh, we'll recognize your birthday tomorrow. Catholic handyman. Did they he, get it? He, he got it. Praise be to God. Congratulations. Is that Amadeus Cho? <laughs> no. Oh no. Sorry, that's that's the incredible Wolfgang Hulk. Amadeus. Uh, is it Faith, Wolfgang? Wolfgang. Oh, yeah, Wolfgang. It's Wolfgang. Yeah, however you pronounce it. Wolfgang. I had a friend in high school named Wolfgang. Wolfgang Amadeus. Um, Mozart, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I was I was questioning that in my mind. Is that the correct name? <laughs> like, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Amadeus, yeah, I've been to his Duh. house. And uh, it was super Why cool, man. Uh, why not? Because it's obvious. It's super obvious. It's the obvious choice. Uh -huh. Oh, man. I'm being serious. It's the super obvious choice. Congratulations, Kathy Handyman. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I think I'm going to name my first child Wolfgang just because it's Wolfgang. Cool. Well, I'm going to say Wolfgang, though. Wolfgang. Yeah, that, that sounds funny. It's the way you say it. It's Wolfgang. Yeah, but it doesn't sound right. It's like saying, it's like, call, it's like calling my son, uh, I'm naming my son after Maximilian Kolbe, Kolbe, and then calling him Colby. Oh. Uh, not quite the no, mm -mm. Mm. or or Therese calling my daughter Therese and then naming her and then saying Therese. It's not the same. Mm. It's the same. It ain't the same. Happy birthday, Genevieve! By the way. Uh let's see here. Uh, Tammy, good morning to you. The Burrier family, of course. Praise be to God. Good to hang out with you today again, Mary. Uh, good morning to you and uh, the Catholic Candyman, as I said. Our friend uh, Mike hanging out with us over on Odyssey.com. Praise be to Jesus. Good to see you again. Who else is on with us today? Uh, David Gonzalez is on. Buddy, Jesus, Glenn Trahan. Um, let's see. Chris was on with us. Uh, I'm sure he's still on with us. Uh, Sonia and Josh Don. And uh, I think that's it. Sita and Joaquin. And I think that's it. Sonia? Did you say Sonia? Mm -hmm. Okay. Praise be to God. Good morning to everybody. And Lori. There you go. Yeah, Lori. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And you Praise said hi to Jesus. Mike already? I did. Good morning, Mike. Good to see you. Clarissa just said howdy. Howdy. Hope it you're getting some more sleep, Clarissa. She said yesterday she was only getting two to three hours of sleep because uh, newborn. Oh, wow. And I was like, oof. <laughs> two to three hours of That's sleep. That's rough. Yikes. Those are rough days. I remember. Tomorrow we celebrate uh, 
Uh, Genevieve's birthday, praise be to Jesus. Genevieve will be seven tomorrow, so we'll have to sing happy birthday to her tomorrow. Uh, I also celebrate 21 years of marriage tomorrow. God is good. Uh, I believe I know your your contestant, Cindy. Oh, that's super cool. What a small world, Catholic Candyman. Let me guess. Are you guys married? I'm just <laughs> curious. Are you the husband? I'd be, I'd be curious. Or are you just friends? Melanie says hi. Melanie, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out. By the way, if you are listening and you're not commenting, let me just say we invite you to comment. Be a first-time commenter. We like to lavish extra love on our first-time commenters. We're very grateful for our listeners and viewers. So uh, tell us where you're from. That'd be super cool to know. Clarissa said, eh, which I think uh, she's trying to say that she's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? Uh-huh. I'm uh, pretty sure. Uh-huh. Pretty uh-huh. sure that's how it works. I'm kind of confused, though, because she said howdy earlier. So I'm getting conflicting messages here. Well, the cowboys do come from, uh, especially Saskatchewan. Mm, like, I'm that's fairly cowboy certain there are no cowboys outside of Texas. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a rule. No, I'm pretty sure there are cowboys mm, in Canada, so. especially Saskatchewan. I'm fairly I'm certain that saying. cowboys only exist in Texas. Um, I'm almost 100% certain. Have you been to Wyoming? I'm just curious. Mm, nope. It is called the Cowboy State. I don't nope. know if you knew that, but it is, in fact, called the Cowboy State. <laughs> doesn't count. And uh, it, it may also be the home of the rodeo. Mm, no, no, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure it does. That's, uh, what, see, Wisconsin is just northeast Texas. That was I said Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming. Wisconsin's well, a different state. Wyoming is also just northeast <laughs> Texas. So. Let's go back to talking about geography again. <laughs> well, I I don't know what to tell you except that uh, the Cowboys don't exist outside of Texas. Cowboys I mean, it just that's just a, a fact. Um. Uh, okay. I, exactly, I, Oklahoma. It's the same thing. They are just—it's <laughs> just—it's uh, just Texas's hat. And so, it's, uh, you know. have you seen cows in cow in Canada? Yes, I have actually. I have. I've been through Canada and seen cows. Have you while seen there. boys in Canada? Um. Yes. Well, I, there you go. There are cows and there are boys. Thus, but there are there no cowboys be. though. Montana. Amen. A lot of cowboys in Montana. Hey, thanks, Clarissa, for wishing me a happy anniversary. Praise be to God. You should probably uh, pray for my wife, though. 21 years married to me. Oof, that leaves a mark. Clarissa said, I'm super Texan slash Hispanic. D- didn't mean to sound Canadian. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. Oh, you're Texan Hispanic, eh? See what I did with that? Mm-hmm. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the roll today, boy. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. Uh, totally off this this show. See now, Mary is claiming, is trying to claim. Look what you've done, Joe. Mary's trying to claim that there are cowboys in Chicago. Like, come on. No, I'm come gonna on. I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, Mary. Uh, I don't think there are any cowboys in Chicago. I'm there not. aren't even cows in Chicago. She said cowboys did used to drive cattle to Chicago, so there were cowboys in Chicago. Mm. Uh, I don't. Don't. It's not how it works. I'm. I'm telling you. Mm. I'm telling you. That's. A, I don't know. That's a stretch. This Mary. is the rule. I'm explaining the rule. <laughs> Outside of Texas, there are no cowboys. Um, there may be people who ride horses and <laughs> and uh, wrangle cattle and wear hats and stuff like that, but they're not so what, cowboys. What would you call those people? Uh, cattle what, wranglers. You call them cattle wranglers. Yep. Would they, so if they're boys and they wrestle or wrangle cattle, mm-hmm. then cattle boys? Uh, that sounds like an insult, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> wrangle boys? <laughs> wrangle boys. It's gotten pretty perverse. Uh, 
I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Go on a limb and say no to that. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down a no. On that yeah, one. Clarissa, as stated before, clearly they don't teach geography anymore. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. yes well, I it think is. Clarissa's uh, like our age, right? Clarissa, did yeah. you did you learn geography in in school, Clarissa? You can comment. Yeah, she said uh, she was like uh, your age, I think. So she's about about your age. So a little bit older than I am, and a little bit, uh, and just a, this, uh, and a lot younger than Joe. <laughs> a lot about, younger than Joe. about sixty to seventy years hey, younger than Joe. Have respect for your elders. Uh, have you, okay, no cows, no cowboys. Hmm, fascinating insight there, buddy. Buddy K9. Chris says, Wrangler Boys sounds like a horror flick directed by Joel Shoemaker. Uh, is it my anniversary for being Catholic? Uh, my anniversary for being Catholic comes up Easter Vigil every year. I came into the church Easter Vigil 1999. However, comma, Joaquin, because you're a great, astute, brilliant, and handsome man, uh, your insights into the needed, the horror. I was uh, I was baptized and the Very Easter insightful. Vigil, Very in nineteen ninety eight. Easter Vigil, you were not. I was Easter Vigil, nineteen ninety eight. You were baptized. Yep. They baptized you at the Easter Vigil. Yep. I think you're making that up. Nope. First one at St. Francis Cabrini Catholic Church in uh, Houston, Texas. Really? Yep. Wild. First mm-hmm. baby to be baptized no on Easter kidding. Vigil. Uh, I, I was baptized in Mexico. Really? At uh, St. John the Baptist uh, Cathedral. Or it's in, it's in Puebla. Where? where? Puebla. Okay. Yeah, Puebla, Mexico. That's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you been back to that church? Oh, yeah. We go, um, well, uh, I, I, I used to go to Mexico every other summer with my family. Yeah. And uh, it's a small town, so the church is like the center of the community. Mm. Uh, the architecture in Mexico is that a lot of the Catholic churches are like the center of the cities. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be cool to see that over here? Mm, just saying. Mary yeah. Barone said, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Buffalo has cowboys riding mechanical bulls. Um, <laughs> if, they're, if they're in Buffalo, then wouldn't they be Buffalo boys? I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, Catholic Handyman said, I was baptized on October 14th, 1966, 11 days after my birth. Wow. That's Praise be awesome. to God. Less than two weeks. That's very fitting. Wow. Praise be to God. This morning I lived the Bible verse that said, uh, you know, the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And I kind of experienced that this morning because my husband and I, we woke up to um, our alarm system going off. Less than fun. Yeah. Less than fun. And then um, we have, uh, you know, uh, we have protection at home and uh, my husband uh, got his gun and he was like, okay, we're going downstairs. I'm going downstairs. Stay up here. <laughs> Cause I was, I, we were obviously nervous that, sure. you know, somebody had broken into our home. Yeah. Um, and thanks be to God. Um, I think we realized that it was probably just because of the lightning and the storm that was happening this morning. Yeah. I think it was just an, an electrical thing. Mm. Uh, but we checked all the cabinets, all the, all the, all the closets, um, yeah, all good. the restrooms. <laughs> yeah. We praise like, be to yeah, God. So praise God. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, interesting morning yeah. yeah that's like the worst fear of every husband is to think about what happens in the middle of the night when when someone tries to come through that door if god don't do it 
Yes, I know. We have to trust God. You mean yes, uh, I know. binding the strong man? Binding the strong man. Yes, amen. Uh, buddy, bringing up a Full Metal Jacket reference. Buddy, let's keep this PC, my friend. Good grief. You want me to quote uh, the drill instructor? Mm, I don't know. I don't think I can do that here. Even on even on social media, that might get me in big trouble. Uh, Christopher Chance. I was baptized on April 19th, 1997 by a Basilian priest. Uh, amazing. Oh, wow. Praise be to God. They had that many? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Ouch. Adrian. No, it's a it's a Basilian joke. Come you know, on. They got Basilians of them. I get it. Basilians of dollars. I get it. Uh, let's see here. Don says, call them wa- want-to-bees. What? Oh, want-to-bees. I get it. I see where you're going with that, Don. Nice little dad joke there. Praise be to God. Sean sent me a laughing face uh, via text. And I don't know exactly what he's referencing. It could be so many things today. <laughs> it was at 723, so I'm thinking it was probably the sinner's prayer. Probably. Yeah, you threw me off big time with that. That was awkward. Like, uh, you were expected to have the correct answer, and then you give was, me the sinner's was prayer. Was not paying attention. And I'm like, how are we going to deal with this now? I mean, I already ha- I have two wrong answers. Am I supposed to give the correct one and make her choose between three? Oh, man. Threw me off. I'm like, oh, good grief. Um, anyway, what else is new for everybody? I'm supposed to be on with, uh, Abby Johnson later today. I'm going to be a guest on her program. And I was a guest on a different podcast. Uh, I think it got published yesterday, the day before, uh, the Veritas podcast. I got to tell a little bit of my story on that podcast. So that was pretty cool. Praise be to God. Uh, looking forward to being on with Abby Johnson later today. Tammy said, when my dad was working from home, he had a fax machine that would call 911 every time there was a bad storm. That's hilarious. What? <laughs> what a horrible design like, Could flaw. you imagine the cop showing up to the door? Would you please tell your fax machine to leave us alone? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm going to beat your fax machine if it doesn't stop calling us. Every time there's a storm. Uh, that's a, I have a funny fax story. You guys want to hear a funny fax story? Yes. Fax machine story. Mm-hmm. I'm, you, most of you guys are, are are of of at least an an older vintage that you remember. Um, what was that 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 show uh, that movie? Um, not The Office, but golly, uh, you is that scene where they take the fax machine out? Seinfeld. To, no, they take the machine, the fax machine, out to the the field and they beat it. All of a sudden, my brain is like, yes. Um, all of a sudden, my brain doesn't want to work. Anyway, so back in 2005, JP2 died, right? Uh, God rest his soul. And my boss, who is a fallen away Catholic, uh, born in Sicily, raised in Sicily, uh, left his spouse, married his secretary, and we'd had, we'd had all these conversations about the faith. Uh, he, was, he was a very nice guy to me. And um, he came to me and he said, hey, listen. I mean, he has an Italian accent. I don't. But he says, I, I, I want to send you to Rome so that you can be there for the conclave and see the new pope and, and see the smoke and all of that. And I was like, this is amazing. Oh, wow. I was so excited. So I called my wife and I'm like, honey, you will not believe this. I'm going to go to Rome. She says, no, you're not. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm pregnant. You're not going anywhere while I'm pregnant. You're not going to fly to Italy while I'm pregnant. 
<laughs> so like, oh, yeah, there's that. I forgot. And uh, good husband, right? Well, uh, we were able to talk to my boss about it, and he was very gracious. And so basically we waited till my daughter was born, Mary Elizabeth, who was on the show last week. And um, we went over to Rome for like seven days. It was in December of 2005. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI was already there wearing the red shoes. It was amazing. But while I was preparing to go, um, the executive assistant for our company was an Italian, uh, born and raised in Italy, and fallen away from the Catholic Church, very bitter against the Catholic Church, and she was the one tasked to help me book everything and, and make the plans. And so we used to get in these arguments, aren't I? It was quite hilarious. Well, uh, we wanted to go to Mass with the Pope, so... We, we, there's like, you have to fill out like a, you have to request tickets. So it's all in Italian back in those days. So she's helping me fill out this form to get these tickets. And they say, Hey, listen, you're going to get a fax confirmation without that. You don't get your tickets. And so we were waiting and waiting and, and nothing ever came through. We had a fax machine set up and everything. Well, the night before, like at two or three in the morning, all of a sudden the phone rings. And in the middle of the night, I jump out of bed, and I'm in the dark, rushing around, trying desperately to hook our phone line into the fax machine. F I drop the fax machine. It darn near breaks into pieces. And I'm desperate. The phone line is ringing, and I'm running out of time. And at the last second, I plug it in, and I'm like, oh, thankfully. And then the phone stops ringing, and the fax never came through. And then, of course, we get on a plane that very next morning as the light came up. And flew to Italy, and I had no facts. And the next day after that was the mass. So I had to go, uh, having never been, having no idea what to do. I had to go to the Vatican and figure out where to get the tickets, and if I could get tickets, having not got the facts. And so I show up, and it was at nighttime, and it was like, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock at night. And I had no idea what to do. I ask a cop, cop sends me over to a set of stairs with a guy with a spear. And uh, I walk up the stairs, and the guy with the spear comes down to meet me, and uh, the the uh, the soldier from the, the Vatican Guard. And uh, I have to explain to him the whole fact story, and he just sits there and looks at me like I'm a crazy American. And then he sends me inside the Vatican to tell the story to a different guy with a different spear. And then I explain everything to that guy, and he just looks at me and he says, "What is your name?" And I say, "McLean." He goes, "Here." And hands me the tickets, and I walk away. I was pretty embarrassed by the whole thing. It was kind of hilarious. Well, I suppose on a more positive note, did you know that in Canada it's illegal to drag a horse down the street? A dead horse <laughs> down the street. It makes sense. Yeah. It totally. You know why? Because cowboys are sensitive to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there are oh, cowboys Oh, speaking there. of which, Texas, it's illegal. If you steal a man's horse, you can still be hung, legally speaking. Really? Yep. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%? Yep. Mm. It's still on the books. It hasn't been uh, practiced since, like, ever. Um, but it's still technically a law that's on the books. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. Hey, speaking of uh, famous Canadian cowboys, uh, uh -oh. you've heard of Coulter Wall, right? Coulter Wall. He's Canadian? He's from Saskatchewan. What? His dad was the pr premier of Saskatchewan. That's weird. I'm telling you. I hear you making that are, up. And he actually works on a ranch, too. Well, that's really cool and all, but he's still not a cowboy, though. <laughs> he's really 
What is not from Texas? What does the guy got to do? I told you to he qualify. has to be from Texas as a cowboy. He has to be in Texas. He, he either from Texas or living currently in Texas. He's making Johnny Cash great again with his music. He uh, makes good music. This is true, but he's not a cowboy. <laughs> You're a tough crowd. Office Space. Thank you, Joaquin. I knew that. I knew that. That's the movie. Wa- is, that the Office with, Space. is that the one with the uh, joke with the the uh, the famous joke with the uh, stapler? And people always reference, and I don't get it. Is that from Office Space? The stapler. I don't. Know. I don't remember that reference. All I remember is the fax machine, the 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 printer fax machine, gets the bat treatment. The guys they steal the office printer fax machine. They take it to a field, and then they beat it with a with bats because they are so upset with it. Josh said. You had to plug the phone into the fax machine. Sheesh. That's some whack technology. I thought fax machines get their own number and it stays plugged in. Back in my day, Josh, back in my day, we only had one phone line at the house and uh, we had to share between the fax machine and the regular phone. Hey, remember who? Remember the boss in the office space? Uh, he was standing there with his coffee cup and go... Yeah, right. Adrian, do you remember dial-up internet? Yes. You do? Okay. Do you? I do. Yeah, I grew up with, I mean. Really? I, I'm, AOL? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, technically, like, um, I'm the youngest of four siblings. Um, so all of my sisters were teenagers when I was in elementary. So growing up with teenagers, I was exposed to all the latest and greatest in tech because they were, you know, high schoolers. Um, and we had um, we had dial-up internet in our home. And so, you know, the typical is like, my dad would say, like, get off the phone or I'm going to use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to use the internet. Get off the phone. And, That's yeah. funny, actually. We, yeah. we had uh, dial-up internet very briefly. Very briefly. I'll never forget the first time I even saw the internet. I, I had uh, high school friends that had AOL, and I had not seen it yet. And I'm like, oh, can you show me the internet? I really want to see that. That's yeah. so funny, because for yeah. me, it's like the internet has always existed. I've never known a world without the internet. So for me, it's like the internet was just something that we all used in school. Like yeah. I remember in, in in elementary, they had us like learn how to use Google and Yahoo to do research for papers. Um, they always had us like they, they had a librarian specialist who taught us how to use Google to, to do research for our papers. <laughs> well, back in my day, we used web crawler and even that was new. <clears throat> uh, Clarissa is calling you out, Adrian. Yeah, I saw that, but not AOL came out in 1998. That was year I was born. So how could you remember it though? Because we used it for years before we upgraded. We didn't upgrade until like, Ever. Like, we used the GameCube for, like, 10 years. We never upgraded anything. That's funny. Um, yeah, I can get my... See, if my, my dad's probably watching right now. Hey, Dad, if you're watching right now, let me know. When did we upgrade to, like, regular internet from dial-up? Because I remember we had the CDs and we put them in. Uh, we, we even I even remember having floppy disks, uh, but the AOL CD was, it was, it was on a CD. I remember that. We used to put it in, and I would play, uh, what was the game we used to play? We played Rescue Heroes on the uh, computer. They had the Rescue Heroes game. And um, what else did we, we do on that computer? That's about it. I don't know what my parents did on that thing. I guess it did work, I suppose. 
but uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, I think the first and this I obviously don't remember, but it's just something I, I just know. I think the first use of the internet was to play um, Dungeons and Dragons online. That's horrible. There you go. Um, let's go back to Office Space for a second here. Uh, I was just thinking about um, the actors that were in that film. Um, the boss and Laurie's like, yeah, yeah, right. I'm going to need you to. And he just stood there and harassed uh, his employees for reports. It was kind of hilarious. Uh, Dietrich Bader, is that the guy? Is that him? Let me see. Is that him? No, that's not him. That's a different guy. Where's the boss? Uh, the reason why I bring him up is uh, because uh, I've been geeking out on on uh, another bit of history recently on George Armstrong Custer. When my family and I, a year ago, we were on a mission trip to Montana and back, and when we got we crossed over into Montana from Wyoming, you know, where the cowboys are, uh, we crossed right by Custer's last stand, and unfortunately, we couldn't stay. We couldn't. We couldn't hang out. We couldn't uh, go and and sightsee. And something I've always wanted to, to do, and I was right there and couldn't stop. Unfortunately, I had to make tracks. Uh, so we listened to an audio book on Custer's Last Stand and uh, some first hand accounts of the of the battle. And so I've been going through audio books. And um, <clears throat> documentaries on that. Well, there's a film that came out in the 90s called Son of the Morning Star. And Custer was played by the guy who played the boss in, in the office space. Um, which is, I mean, just made me think about that. But all of a sudden, I can't put my name. What, where's the guy's name? What was his name? Why can't I find him on this list? I don't know. I guess it's not, not that important. I was talking to a friend the other day, or actually yesterday, about radio and technology, and he actually... Gary Cole. Thank you. I'm sorry, Janice. I was just going to mention, Joe, um, he said, he he's like, I think he's like 47 or so, and he said radio was like TikTok of today. So like what radio was back in the day is what TikTok was. Is, is what TikTok is today. Is that it, true? That's, um, that's fascinating. Um, I would say it's greater than TikTok. It's greater than Facebook and Twitter. And I don't say that flippantly just because I'm old. But you think about radio. Radio radio came in, into its own at a time when it was the only mass communication on planet Earth. And especially during the wars where entire families would get their news sitting around a radio set. <clears throat> they would get their entertainment like a television set, but they were sitting around radio. Um, mm -hmm. So where TikTok does, you know, sort of become twaddle and information, you know, entertainment information, um, it's sort of the combining of all of those things was radio. You were entertained, you got your twaddle, you got your news, you know, you got everything uh, mm -hmm. from that one source. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Radio was made great again by Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh saved radio single-handedly and made it into its heyday, in my opinion, in the 90s and early 2000s. And now it's seeing its decline, which is sad to me because I, as a kid, I loved radio. Loved it. As a kid, we would tune the dial at night just to listen to see the various things that are playing, whether it was music or whether it was um, talk radio or whatever, uh, we would tune that dial at night. 
especially on clear nights, you'd hear radio stations from all over the world. Or if you wanted to send your sweet nothings, you know, to uh, to your to your sweet, right? You would call in like uh, the Delilah or the, uh, the 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 request hour, and you'd say, "Can you play? Can you tell That's Susie? So can you just tell Susie that I'm thinking about her? Dude, and can you her. can you play our favorite song?" Dude, but Susie's listening, and Susie likes to hear her name being said. Send her a text, dude. <clears throat> I'm just that was the text of the day. <laughs> that was my point. That is the those text were, of the those day. Those were the love letters. The, yeah, right. Broadband wasn't <laughs> invented until the year 2000. <laughs> and then, of course, you this know, you played the games to get you get the prizes, and you were like on you were rushing to make that phone called to be caller number seven in order to get the prizes that's so funny because like i i'm a big instagram user and prizes are huge on instagram like there's giveaways and drawings and that's kind of a big thing on instagram right now uh so it's interesting how like these things are still yeah the same like we still as humans like we still desire yeah. connection we still desire news entertainment but we're more but we're more diverse th- now than we were then in the sense mm-hmm. of what I was saying a minute ago. Like those days, even when I was a kid, you had radio, you had television. So there's only two, right? Mm-hmm. You, newspapers may be still a thing, but to be honest, most people, radio, television. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you still got radio, you still got television, mm-hmm. you got podcasts, you got live video, you got posts, you got TikTok, it, you got all Instagram, of these different Twitter. platforms <laughs> and and. Essentially, where do you get your favorite news? You get it from your favorite pop star. You know, you get it from your movie friend, movie star friend. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, on, on Instagram and on TikTok, your influencer. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's your you pick your poison. Which social platform do you like? So there's not like it's it's so much more spread out, more broad. And then of course, we go back to censorship. We don't control any of those platforms. And the powers that do don't appreciate our conversations. Thus, I have a growing list of videos on our website that YouTube has banned as not approved conversation because the uh, hair comrades don't like it.